Welcome to Two Slices, a simple podcast with a couple of guys. I'm Sean. And I'm Roger. And we're here to serve you up our thoughts on what we're reading, what we're thinking, and what we're up to. Let's see where we go from here. Thanks for joining us for The Slice. All right, Sean, that is a live podcast. We're live. This is, let's call this officially episode one. Okay. Of two slices. I like it. We're actually doing this thing, man. That's right. Now, our last episode was, we'll call that episode zero. That was just practice episode. Mm Mm-hmm. But this is it, buddy. We are here. We are live. This is this is the beginning of our slices of life, man. I'm so excited. Me too. Me too. <laughs> really excited. Really excited to uh, talk with you, Roger. Uh, we just love talking, and Roger and I just have really cool kind of back and forth. So welcome everyone who's listening for the first time. This is definitely our first time kind of putting this out there. And we hope you enjoy some of our perspectives, our lenses that we carry kind of our slice on different topics and things we read and things we're thinking about and just really excited to do this yeah 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 just a couple of guys that have opinions and like to share and like to talk and we and and you know we we like to share about our lives and what's going on and so just hoping that'll be something that you find entertaining i think you will i i enjoy every time sean and i get together to, to talk and so why not share it with the world, right? That's that's the idea. We were just having such robust conversations that we we're like, man, we we should just we should just talk, let's do this a little bit more intentionally. So so, so with two slices, we kind of want to hit what we're thinking, what we're thinking about, kind of what we're reading, and just what's happening in our lives, you know, on a weekly basis. You know, I it, just so people know, just a, just a big picture about us. Um, you're a little younger than I am, so I'm a little older than you. I've been married, will be 30 years in December, mm-hmm. and you're in your, just finishing up your first year? Just finishing up our first year. Yeah, so yeah. so we're going to have unique perspectives on life, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, you know, and it, from so many different ways, you know, my wife and I, we married uh, both in our, I was in my late thirties. She was in her kind of mid thirties. So we, we married later in life too, compared to a lot of people. Sure. And so, you know, you marry young, you have a unique perspective. You marry a little older. You also have a unique perspective on that too. So absolutely. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this. And so I guess my first question for you is what are you thinking about, man? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, Okay, I don't know when this is going to be, when people are going to be listening to this out there. Who knows? You right, know? right now, we're located in central Ohio. And right now in central Ohio, it has been north of 95 degrees for about four days. And that's pretty hot anywhere. But particularly here, it is just like our structure, our infrastructure just isn't really set up for it. And it was on Tuesday, Tuesday night, I'm sorry, Monday night. Uh, I went and worked out and I was at the gym. I I do CrossFit. So I was at the CrossFit gym and um, in there and the heat index on my phone said it was 114 degrees. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's so, so to give everyone context, if you're not listening to this locally, you just melt, right? I mean, you're just outside just melting. And something that I found out is that the power company actually intentionally turns off certain like mini grids on the the power grid i had no idea that was a thing and maybe my head has been in the sand i had no idea that was a thing and i hear people talking about how their power has gone out recently 
And my lights started literally flickering that afternoon. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm next. I don't know what's going on. And then I read an article the next morning saying that they intentionally do that to, I think it's over like 150,000 homes and businesses. If you don't go through the different grids and just kill the power there, it will get to the point where everybody loses the power. Yeah. And that's that's the worst case scenario. Okay. But it is not pleasant if you're in one of those rolling what they call brownouts in a in a large city. You know, Columbus is two million in in our in our populace in our central Ohio area here. And it's not pleasant if you're one of the hundred and fifty thousand, two hundred thousand with just no power oh. and it's 97 98 oh. degrees we're talking this is the middle now it won't be for you listening to this podcast but this is the middle of june yeah we're not supposed to have this even close like heat wave for us is like three days in, in the low 90s in august yeah and it's the middle of june and it's just insane it's it's funny because you know running into people and asking them like hey do you have power and I'm so surprised it like doesn't discriminate the areas or anything. It's just kind of random who doesn't have, and doesn't have power. And man, it makes you so appreciate the <laughs> maybe the greatest gift, greatest invention man's ever created is air conditioning. Yes, my, t- my air conditioning unit, we have it running and I usually keep it about 68 to 69. My wife complains if it's like 68.1, but she gets hot if it's 69.7. And so it's a very fine it. line. It's a very fine line. So we, but we keep our air conditioner going pretty good. And right now our air conditioner is struggling to keep it in the low seventies just because of how hot it is. So oh, I yeah. constantly am getting this warning from my thermostat. I have like a, one of those smart thermostats and it constantly tells me you might have a, a problem with your air conditioner because I've been running for hours and your, <laughs> your house is still not cool. Yeah. So two things I do, number one, and it just happened to work out this way. About once every year or two, about every two years, I have somebody come out and clean my outside unit where they power wash it. They get up in the fins and they, because I have tree, I have a whole canopy of trees all over my outside unit. And just doing that really energizes my whole system. And he came this <laughs> week on Tuesday and, and he couldn't get me in two weeks ago, but he was able to be here. And so I feel kind of bad because I think I'm contributing to part of the problem for why there's brownouts all over columbus because i'm down here in, in in our studio and i've got all kinds of power usage here and then i'm running my house at 69 degrees and i'm thinking oh lord please forgive me i'm part of the problem it's <laughs> totally true but i heard i don't know if it's true or not but i heard that you can turn the fan just on 24 seven and keep the fan running. And that will actually help your air condition from shutting off and on and off and on Mm. during this like hotter temperatures. So, yeah. Well, any tips are welcome at this point in time. (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's just so warm out there. It just so makes you, at least for me, just so appreciate things like opening up a refrigerator and there's like cold beverages. It's like a whole new level of, Oh, thank you God for just, so much wow modern technology as soon as it goes away you realize how dependent you are on some of those things so yeah it's been a hot stretch here so what else man what else has been going on well we were just talking before about you know just uh being married and you know been married for about a year and man it's just awesome we just really rachel my wife's name is rachel and we just really love doing life together and discovering life and it never comes without its interesting moments and oh yeah we laugh a lot um 
you know, one of the ways that, that we actually connect is through humor. It, it's, it's just one of our, one sure. of the ways we connect. And, uh, we, we always are really careful though, when it comes to humor, like we don't make fun of each other. We don't make fun of like things. Um, and we, 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 we will stop as soon as it's a sensitive topic. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah. But, but we, we joke all the time and we have so many, you know, inside jokes. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's crazy. And so, uh, yeah, just, just enjoying what it's like to be married right now. And, and that's great. a great recipe for keeping the marriage long-term. If you can laugh together, you'll find it much easier to love together. And mm. so, yeah, laughter is so key. Um, my wife and I, we have that same thing where we have certain things where I can just say a certain word <laughs> and we'll just both start laughing, you know? And so we have some friends. I, I, I don't know if I should even share this, but I'm going to anyway. So we, ha we have some friends from years ago that uh, he, he, let's just say the gentleman is not a, uh, uh, he's not a um, super articulate with his words. He struggles to share his emotions. And he, he was trying to share with his wife, the friends of ours, and he was being real serious. He looked at his wife and he said, honey, he said, I just wanted to tell you that you were the best I could get. <laughs> just she looked at him like what what <laughs> and he was trying to be serious and so ever since then my wife and i we have this joke we'll be like i'll be like hun just remember you were the best i could get that's awesome that's <laughs> and we awesome. laugh about it all the it's like 25 years later and we're still laughing well she'll say it to me roger just remember you were the best i could get <laughs> I was reading this uh, John Maxwell book. Um, I don't know what it was. Uh, John Maxwell is just kind of that leadership guru. Is one right. Of, one of his books. I think it was about winning with people. Actually, okay. that was the title of it, Winning with People. And he, he's got this great story in it. And in the in the, the book, it's just this uh, kind of story of this, this woman um, speaking to her husband and was like, you know, Peter, do you still think I'm pretty? And he's like, well, yes, of course. Of course, my dear do you think I cook well? And he's like, yeah, I love your, I do. Yes. I love your cooking. I, th I do think you cook well. Do you think that, you know, I'm just your soulmate and it makes you so happy every day when you wake up and get to spend time with me. And he's like, yes. And she goes, you know, just what to say. <laughs> <laughs> so we, so we say it oh, all the time, man. like something goes on and we're like, you know, just what to say. You, you just, know, you know, just you, what you to those, say. <laughs> you find those little connection points in your yeah, relationship. Absolutely. You know, and, uh, Man, you know, I, I have been thinking a lot this, you know, when it gets certain, a certain temperature, I'm just not going outside. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I love to spend evenings out being contemplative on my back porch or front porch, but not at all this week. But I have been doing a lot of thinking about just how I, how I, how maybe all of us to a certain extent get so overwhelmed by the pace of life and all the things we're doing that it just bleeds our soul out to where we have nothing left in the tank, you know? And, uh, man, I, I, you know, I, I've been reading this book by John Eldridge called Resilient, Restoring Your Weary Soul. It just actually came out, I think, this week or mm. end of last week. Um, and I like John Eldridge. I mean, I don't agree with everything he says, but I like a lot of what he, what he writes and what he says. And, and he talks about this idea that most of most of us go through life living on one third of a tank. And he uses the analogy of driving a car and 
you know, it's so expensive and gas prices are expensive right now. It's so expensive to invest in time to fill up our, our personal, our spiritual tanks, you know, that we just put enough in to get it one third full and then we run all week on it. And when it's down to fumes, we stop and we just, because it's so expensive and takes some, so much time, we only put about a third of, of a tank back in it, you know, and mm. that's a terrible cycle because at some point in your life, and I didn't mean to just go super deep right here, right off the bat, but Hey, at some point in your life, you're going to face a crisis where a third of a tank is not going to be enough, you know? Mm. And so I've been really trying to be intentional about what are the things in my life that take up time like the 40 apps on my Apple TV. Do I really need, you know, I thought discon I thought cutting the cord was going to be a great thing because I didn't have 150 channels, you know, but now I've got 40 apps that have 3000 shows on them. I've got YouTube, which is 24 seven entertainment where I can watch anything in the world I want on YouTube, you know, and I'm thinking, Oh my goodness. I'm just, you know, it's either I'm watching this show or I'm watching this show and then I'm putting in time, make sure I put time to read the Bible and make sure I have time to do this and make sure, you know, and, and before you know it, I'm, I'm like, when am I spending any time restoring my soul, replenishing my soul, really filling up beyond just a third of a tank? When am I going to fill this tank up? You mm -hmm. know? Yeah. So that's, that's, I've been thinking about that a lot this week about what consumes my time and, and, and how much time I spend doing, things that are just, you know, veg out and doesn't really make a difference, I guess. So. Well, when you talk about filling up, what is what does that mean? What do you mean like filling up? What does that look like? So are those, for, those things that give you life? So or? for me, a lot of times it's turning the TV off and having the house be quiet. And it, it's going out on the front porch and just sitting out there and enjoying the evening and just kind of watching watching the flag blow and the, tr and the 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 leaves blow and just talking to my creator talking to god mm. and you know i have a, I have a kind of a, a different relation a unique relationship with the lord where we just talk we just talk to each other you know and i enjoy just kind of sharing my day with him and talking to the lord and and you know um it's interesting because, you know, everybody connects to the Lord in a different way or connects, you know, replenishes their soul differently. Like my daughter, she she has to go slow is what she does. She puts on worship music and she gets in her prayer closet and she just, man, she's just praying, praying in the spirit and she's going after it and all this stuff. And that's how she recharges. Mm. Man, that would just wear the snot out of me. <laughs> I couldn't do that. Oh, my gosh. That that would be like labor for me, but mm. you know, take my Bible and go sit out back and and watch my. I've got a blue jay and the cardinal that fight for territory in my backyard, and I'll just hang out and watch them, and I'll read some scripture, and maybe maybe I'll just sit and think about where I am in my life and what I'm doing, and that's how I recharge. How about you, Sean? What do you what do you do to to recharge? I think for me, um, different seasons tend to put a different demand on what recharging looks like. So for instance, if you've ever been, uh, I was single for a long time. And if you've ever been by yourself for a long time or, you know, it's like solitude is covered, right? <laughs> it's like yeah. solitude is covered. Yeah. And, and so I, I really developed a, a, a really, a pretty deep place of one-on-one -on -one time with God where I would just 
really open up my Bible and just sometimes just get really lost in it. Wow. Um, and what I found is this is, is through, through that I had a friend of mine, uh, named Chris and he would, um, he, it was a, it was a men's group that I was a part of years ago, like, uh, 17 years ago. And he would tell this story about how him and his wife, they would cook dinner together and they would make the, the table together and then they would sit down and, you know, eat everything and, and, and connect and talk. And then you get up and, you know, over time, you know, you get up and you put your dishes in the sink and he goes, you know, it was the dishes in the sink conversation that was really what we looked forward to every night. Wow. And, 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 uh, it's, so for me, it's a lot like that. It's like getting in the Bible and getting still or sure. whatever that looks like, whatever. But for me, I think both of us share a real passion and love for, um, God's word and for his yeah. presence. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so for me, it looks like I usually start there and see if I'm getting lost in something. But what I often find is as I kind of disconnect maybe from reading, I'll just begin to, to talk with him. And it feels like that's the dish the washing the dishes conversation with the Lord where wow. it gets kind of a little bit more real, a little bit more, um, authentic. And, and, um, for me, if I can reach the washing the dishes with the Lord conversation, mm. I feel just so recharged. You know, yeah. I just, I, I feel just totally different version, different wow. version of me unless if I'm, then when I'm those days or stretches where it feels like that's, that feels absent. Uh, that's so cool. Have you been in a specific part of the Bible or what have you been really diving into or reading something else? Yeah. I remember that conversation when we were talking about David and Solomon and how Solomon built this extravagant temple. Right. You, you know, I think you mentioned it was just the most expensive thing ever, ever. built yeah. at that period of time. Yeah. The mortar used for the foundation was actual silver. Wow. So you're ta we're talking way, way next level. Way uh, next level. Way next know. level. Yeah. And uh, when we were talking about that, you, you mentioned something. I remember you said that Solomon was building on the outside what he lacked on the inside. That 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 just blew my mind. Right. That just blew my mind. Tell me more about that. So so I, I don't mean that as an indictment of Solomon at all, right? Because there was something inside of him that drove him. To, to give such honor to God that he built this incredible temple. I mean, we could look at the temple construction. It's like, it's like if Moses built, you know, this kind of this tent in the wilderness, right? And it had seven pieces of furniture. And then you had David build a tent with one piece of, one piece of furniture. And Solomon gets a hold of it and he says, no, 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 boys, we're going to build the Taj Mahal here. We're going to build the, we're going to build the Sears and Roebuck building. We're building the most extravagant temple. We're going to take everything that you do to an extreme, right? And so he had such a zeal, but yet he's living in an, under an old covenant. He's living in, in a time where he had so much less than what we have today because we have the indwelling of the spirit in us, you know? And so his zeal could only be outwardly because it's, it's, he built what he wanted, what he wanted the habitation of the Lord to be when in reality he wanted that on the inside. Mm -hmm. And so that's what he built because he desired that on the outside or on the inside and didn't have it. He, he showed it on the outside. Wow. You know, yeah. And so I don't always, 
I say that a lot and people think I'm, I'm indicting Solomon. I'm not, you know, but there are just so many pictures with, with Solomon in his temple. And we could go right down into that. You know, we don't have the time today, but we, we could go right down into that. It's just amazing. The parallels of, of some of that thinking, some of that stuff that was going on. In other words, I say all that to say this, Sean, and I'll, 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 I'll stop here, but I, I say all that to say this. The Bible is such an incredibly crafted story, mm-hmm. a, 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 a piece of literature that no human hand, no human mind could ever conceive of what we're getting given in those 66 books. It has to be God breathed. It has to be God inspired. Nobody for all of the all of the scholars that want to nitpick at the inconsistencies and yada yada yada. Nobody can say I want you to write sixty six books over fifteen hundred years, and I want you to use forty nine authors from every every background from an illiterate farmer on the backside of the desert to the to the to the the most scholarly learned. Uh, um, uh, priest of all time, and and I want you to use from everywhere in between. And guess what? This these sixty six books are going to have one consistent message, and they're going to be thousands and thousands of parallels and ties that are going to be hundreds of years apart. These people will never meet each other, and you you can't tell me there's not something supernatural and amazing about that book. Mm. How can a guy? How can a farmer? in Oregon, open his Bible and read in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. And that inspires and moves him. And there's a guy over in Azerbaijan near the border of Russia who's a scholar and a, and a uh, uh, teacher at the university that opens that same book reads that same passage and reads, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. And he is moved and compelled by it as well. Mm. I mean, just those things alone about the word of God, just compel me to further study, to deeper study, to a realization that I don't need all these other things to know that there is a God who loves us compassionately and has given us something incredible, an incredible gift in these 66 books, mm. which I'll spend my whole life studying and won't ever scratch the surface of all that's really there. Mm. I love that. I, I've, I've heard that, you know, someone say who I respect, a, uh, just an a, a awesome uh, teacher, talk about how the Bible doesn't... Um, contain God it reveals him yes right and th- yeah like that's what I love I love about I love oh, I love, love like, that Sean you know reading the Bible and it's not so much uh this is where God is but it actually sometimes it just primes the pump for for his presence to be made known to you right it just primes the pump for us to be aware of who he is and it's all about his presence yeah it's all about his presence right now in the world today it's about his presence as we encounter him just the the dimensions of who he is and how he can do about a thousand things at once yet still feels like he's giving you all of his attention right i know and and, awesome. and and that's something that's something just to to kind of talk about is how sometimes reading the Bible, um, I guess this is a Bible talk, everybody, I by know, the this, way. We this, didn't really plan this sorry, way. Sorry, our slice is the Bible this yeah, week. So, yeah. yeah, you know, the, our, our slice on this is sometimes the Bible 
it's like um, I've seen people, um, and I think all of us have experienced this at some point, be, uh, have a misunderstanding or a, a presumption of what it is without exploring it for themselves or feeling like it's just a book, so why read it? You know, right. and, and I get it. Like, I, like I get it. I, I get why someone would have those thoughts. It's one of those things where it's like, it's like air conditioning. You can talk about it all the time, but until you're in the heat and then walk into the air conditioning, you have a whole <laughs> newfound respect for for what you experienced. That's so true. You know, and yep. and it's it's sometimes it just feels like that. It's like whenever whenever I whenever whenever we just go into that place. We're going to experience God in a different way. And it's something to be experienced more than it is something to be read. Yeah. And I think you and I both share a lot of the value for that. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we, we can get so caught up in what I just talked about, the scholarly pursuit of theology, that we lose the, we lose the concept that somebody can completely misinterpret what they read in the Bible and God still show up and bless them because yeah. he's God. He loves them that much. That's right. Could you imagine if, if, if he laid out all of our bad theology in front of us right now? <laughs> like just personally so bad, man. and like we really try hard like we I really know. like pursue the lord yeah. and and are part of a spirit-filled community yeah. and like we we got a lot of a lot of good stuff but to tell you the truth oh my goodness we are still growing like crazy in this oh so and, so much my friend and it's definitely really fun it's, it's a fun pursuit there's definitely a lot of humble moments and there's a lot of uh kind of moments that sort of um you would never be able to describe to somebody else yeah. You know. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's what I've been reading this week. I I've been diving back in to really like deep dives. Yeah, that's awesome. In some things with with the Lord and in his word and uh yeah, that's that's what I've been about, man. That's what I've been up to. I've consumed my off times at work when I have a minute, I'll pull my book out and read while I'm waiting on a phone call or That's such a good uh, space uh, to be in. Yeah, or over my lunch break, I'll 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 look at that or in the evenings I'll sit at the kitchen table and yeah, just just dive in and note up and uh, yeah, there's something I don't know. I just love the process of study of the word too. So it's just it just I connect with it. I resonate with it. And, and I don't. I got to be honest with you. I I don't consider myself like a Bible scholar. I don't consider myself a theologian. I don't consider my I I don't have the discipline to be that way. Does that make sense? I, does, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't. You know, there are guys who like have given their life to like reading the book of Matthew and giving us great stuff from it, right? I'll never be one of those guys, but I love the Lord. I love Jesus. I love the Holy Spirit, and I love engaging Him through the Bible in that dimension. Mm. You know, very cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Well, I, maybe we just wrap it up there for today. Yep. No, that sounds good. I guess. So So, what is this slice, this week's slice? How would you describe this week's slice? This is us trying to figure out how to serve these hot slices. You know, <laughs> a no, couple of hot slices this week. A couple of week. hot slices this week. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say, you know, something about, um, you know, just the value of God's presence through the Bible it's just is one of those things that can sound so religious. It does. And, and I don't want to say, I don't want it to sound, I know people probably rolling their eyes like, like oh, here, here we go again. You know? Yeah. And, and, and I get it. I, I would be able to totally get that, 
but it doesn't dismiss the the true the reality of it you know yeah no. and and i think that that's something that um you know you mentioned before how can we get filled up i so maybe you know a little bit of like how would i describe this is how we get filled up yeah you know how we get filled up i think that we both share a common way that we get filled up in god's presence i know other people um you know who will go walk in nature like they have to be oh, in yeah. nature yeah, they, I have a good friend that's that way. Have to be it. He has to go. He he goes all over the all over the United States and just gets out in the wild because that's how he connects. Yeah. So so how how do you connect? You know how do people around us connect? It's how do you fill up your tank? How do you fill up your tank? And I, and I think that's a really great question for us to kind of take away and to think about and and to be a little bit reflective of and then then go do it. Then go try stuff. One thing I love, uh, I love trying new things. Yeah. I love trying new things. So for me, the walk in nature, that's a rare one for me, like personally, that I that I feel filled up when I do it. I usually feel, um, I, yeah, I, I just don't know that that is like a go-to for me. But on occasion, I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel refreshed. This is really sure. cool. Um, and other times, like you said, I know I know a number of people and some of you out there listening, you are these people that uh, have to go for that walk, have to go out in nature. Right. It's like it's like they're just you're just hardwired to appreciate creation and it just stirs you up, you know. Yeah. And, and but I think finding those finding those spaces is is really important because if we're always defaulting to what we've known, we tend to stay at what we've become. Yes. And I had a friend of mine who, um, uh, she would go to, um, uh, Panera coffee every morning. And it was like her pre-work like ritual. So this was a young woman coming to uh, a group that I was in and, um, she would go there so often, so regularly. And she would open up her Bible every morning at, probably 7 a.m. for about 20, 30 minutes. And she would order like the same thing, a cup of coffee and sit down, read, and it's on her way to work. And then she goes, just kind of her rhythm. Right. And it was really funny. She would do it so much that they actually, she would bring her own creamer because, you know, creamer is life if you're a coffee drinker sometimes. Right. And so she would bring her own creamer. Well, they started to, to stock it for her. Like, like this, <laughs> they don't sell it. And they, awesome. they would come out and from their fridge and give it to her because she's there. So that's how consistent she was. Yeah. And fast forward a little bit. She did that for a long time. And then after about nine months a year, she just felt like it got really dry all of a sudden, you know, and it was just like walking through a valley that there was just nothing refreshing, no shade, yeah. that kind of feel. And what she discovered was that, oh, God, you, you, you changed how you want to connect with me. Wow. And it took her a while, a little bit feeling frustrated yeah. to know that, oh, you know, we're supposed to be looking for how you want to connect with me too. But That's just, so but it starts, like you said, with just prioritizing it. It starts yeah. with prioritizing. Am I a third fool here? Am I running on E or, you know, what do I need to do to make sure that I'm giving my best for, for my work? Roger, and I, you and I are both in business. Like we, we're in business. Oh, I, yeah. You know, we're, we got all sorts of stuff going on with families and, and projects and, and even ministry stuff. And, and the question is always, you know, how do I fill up? I think it's a challenge for me that I'm always looking through the lens so that I don't get caught in what I used to do. Right. But if that's what, if that's what it is, great. Yeah. But to be open-minded And, and about I think it. you hit a great thing about you have to change things up sometimes to, to, to really get that fill up, you know? Like, I haven't been like this filled up in a long time 
but I really changed my whole approach. But it was to something new, right? Something new, yeah. something totally different. Yeah. And so, well, it makes uh, sense too. It's like with your wife, Roger. You guys have been married for such a long time. Like, yeah. And also, guys, you will if you listen to this podcast, you're going to hear some amazing vacation stories. I'm going to ask Roger about <laughs> that he has told me that are amazing. Uh, oh. But you, but you and your wife, you guys have just yeah. been going at it and. And just a you know an amazing marriage for such a long yeah. time, and we're complete opposites. And you're com- there's no two people more opposite than than my wife and I. And, I yeah. mean, I can you know my degrees in psychology, and I can take you right to the Myers Briggs scale and show you on the plotted map we are the polar opposites. <laughs> you know. I mean, I'm an ENFP and she's an ISTJ. So, I mean, you can't get So, you any... fill it up. You fill we, up the whole yeah. thing between <laughs> all the letters. So, so any... And we laugh to the point... I know we're getting sidetracked. We got to wrap this up somewhere. But I know that we, we laugh about it to the point where if we, th- we have three pillows and three different pillowcases, and when we're making the bed subconsciously, if, when we throw them on the bed, my three will always be exactly the opposite order of the three that she has. And that's just a micro cosm of her whole life but you know what i used to tell young couples all the time i promise i'm gonna shut up i used to tell young couples i i would do premarital counseling and i would do weddings did i did a lot of weddings for a long time and the couple would be like they'd go on and on and on about how much they have in common and that's good it's good to have things that are similar interest but it would be like they did it was just like every single thing in the world they were the exact same on and I finally would be like, well, listen, guys, if you guys are that much alike, then one of you is not needed in this relationship. Mm. What? How are you different? How mm-hmm. are you? Where are you a little bit different? Because you need that to really grow in a marriage. You need uh, the very things that are my weaknesses are her strengths and my very strengths are her weaknesses. And for the first 10, 12 years, 15 years we were married, it was the source of our greatest fights. Now we've realized that conflict is the doorway to intimacy and it's actually our greatest strength in our relationship now. So, well, along those lines, I mean, you guys, you're going to take your wife on different dates, right? Yeah. You can't always take her. You can't always do the same thing. You can't always do the same thing. It's a, it's it's the language of intimacy. We got to find out what, what, what we need to do. I love it. I'm excited about two slices, my friend. It's going to be good. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week. We'll see you next time.